Before we kick off today's episode of Chalk Talk, a friendly reminder as we have transitioned to almost everyone being in a remote learning or distance learning setting to reach out with any questions that you're having, navigating it yourselves. We're here to help. We've come out with a lot of different resources from different at-home workout programs, at-home resources, everything you can think of. Uh, we want to make sure that our PE teachers, our athletic coaches all feel supported throughout this entire process. So do not hesitate to reach out. You can always get in contact with us at platform.com. That's PLT. 4m.com. And with that, we are going to jump into a uh, episode on stretching, all things stretching and specifically static stretching. So we'll go ahead and kick this one off. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. All right, so we are gonna open up today's episode with Coach Brez in our EDU style format of our podcast, and we are talking about stretching. Um, it is one of those things, like we mentioned before we got onto this podcast actually, that has been around for thousands of years. Um, yoga, all those different things, it's been around forever, and it's something that intuitively makes sense just about everybody. You know, if I'm not stiff, I'm not tight, I feel like I'm doing things that allow me to feel kind of loose and good, that is inherently good, um, but you know you decided to dive into this topic just because of kind of probably more recently, be it five, ten years, there's been like almost a debate around stretching for mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons in strength and conditioning and in athletics in general. So why don't we kick it off from there, um, just with that kind of setup in mind, where did you start, where did you go, and, and we'll dive in with just kind of questions along the way. Yeah, uh, stack stretching and, and stretching in general is a pretty cool topic just because of that uh, ubiquitous nature. It's been around through history forever and people do it instinctually. Like when you wake up in the morning, what are the first things that you do without even realizing you do some sort of stretch to limber yourself up and it, it obviously induces a, a feeling mentally and physically of feeling better mm -hmm. um, after being you know immobile for so long. And then in, you know, the last, call it 100 years, I think we grew up in the time of you were supposed to stretch during warm-up um, and or after a workout or a practice uh, it, for the sole purpose of preventing injury, mm -hmm. right? So, like, stretching was a warm-up. It was also a mechanism to prevent injury. And, you know, that's not even taking into consideration doing it on a regular basis outside of your normal activity for, you know, chronic benefits. But yet the unique thing is even really, actually, it's probably even 20 years now, um, there have been a lot of debates surrounding the role of stretching, the efficacy of it. Is it worth doing? Who is who is it worth for? Um, when should you do it? When should you not do it? Um, and of course, like in everything else that we found in our industry, the moment somebody has a new fact to add to the conversation, it all, all of a sudden becomes polarizing. Yeah. People either hate stretching, love stretching, do it, don't do it, do it now, not now. Yep. Um, and that's why I think it's a pretty cool conversation because there are a lot of nuance to it. Um, and I don't think it's a black and white scenario. And that's why, you know, we dive into these topics the way we do. And I think this is a good one to kind of just go all over the place. For sure. And we will definitely go all over the place because like, as you were talking, what I thought about is to me, stretching is almost always for better or for worse an afterthought. Um, in, in a lot of ways, it's something that people think of like, I should do once I feel a, at like my tipping point of mm -hmm. like soreness 
or you just had a really tough workout or grueling, like I think a lot of people have and do incorporate stretching into warmups and even that's a topic of conversation we'll get into. But mm -hmm. like even when I was doing in my own training and now as coaching, a lot of times at the end of practice, I find myself saying like, go home, do 15, 20 minutes of stretching or on your day off, you know, follow a mobility session, do some stretching as almost, it's like this little like side project, yeah, um, which is, and we'll get into, you know, the merits of that or, or maybe refocusing it. But why don't we start with probably like the, the largest question at hand, like you talked about, because it is probably one that even some people are, uh, like you said, have like thrown factoids in there of like, is stretching even good for anything? Um, now some might be sitting there rolling their eyes as I even say that, but you might as well kind of unpack that one a little bit and then we'll get into more of the nuances of when and how and what. Yeah. And this is really where I was kind of talking and referencing, um, the debate right now is generally people are falling into the camps of stretching is good for everything and should be used all the time. And then there are the people that go, it is good for nothing. Um, I mean, there have been studies that can basically be used as proof for either one of those things. I think it's far more about situation and individual. Um, for example, there have been studies that say static stretching in no way, shape, or form prevents injury. Well, that's a lot of the reason a lot of people do it. But then there are studies that say actually the inclusion of chronic static stretching within a program you know, significantly reduces the, the potential for injury. People say, you know, stretching is, uh, you know, an important part of warming up. Study comes out, stretching is, actually reduces strength and power. Okay, mm. then there's the people that say, well, we do want in our warm-up, those people then go, you're an idiot for putting it in your warm-up. Uh, reality is that it's a bit more of like, well, there are some considerations and there's some reasons and there's ways to package it such that you get the best of both worlds. Um, and, the answer to is static stretching good for anything really just opens up, I think, maybe the first piece of the conversation, which is what are the benefits of static stretching? Because I don't think anybody, well, I take that back. I don't know why anybody would really put their foot down and say that there can't possibly be a benefit for static stretching if it's something that has been used for 5,000 years in yeah. some capacity or another. People do things for a reason. It could be mental, it's very likely physical, but you do it because a result happens and it causes you to continue to do so, right? So yeah. there are, call it benefits or results to stretching. Sure, so let me set it up like this um, and see where you would go with it. But I would say to myself like, all right, like we've talked about with in previous episodes, like you have a group of kids and you're trying to kind of get it across to them as to why it might be good, bad, or why it's important. Like. As you're saying to a group, and I don't know if you've been in this situation I have in terms of like, hey, make sure we're stretching or we're going to stretch because of this and you get the eye rolls, you're like, oh, do we have to? Like, mm -hmm. is there something or a way that you would position it to a group of kids like and say in kind of its most basic form, like this is why it's good or this is why we're doing it or here are some of the benefits? Like, Yeah, I think they're really can be broken out into two buckets, the benefits of static stretching. Um, and I think first I should mention that the, the greatest, I think, effect or 
uh, result from static stretching comes from consistency of chronic static stretching rather mm -hmm. than, hey, if we do this right now, it's going to solve your problem Tomorrow. and or it's going to prevent this injury today or it's going to make you less sore right now. Yep. It's more about are you incorporating within your normal fitness routine an element of this kind of flexibility um, or stretching um, protocol. And there are a lot of a lot of basic benefits and let's just talk about them kind of briefly um, and then we can transition into should you do it before a workout should you do it after a workout why for yeah. either and what are the results but the, the chronic effect of consistently static stretching in some form or fashion number one is flexibility we that one's obvious right we know that um, if you engage in a regular static stretching protocol you're going to actually increase your range of motion about joints. Um, uniquely enough, they've, I think, found out that it's not really, your muscles aren't getting longer per mm. se. Your tolerance to the stretch of your muscles is becoming higher so that you can go through ranges of motion pain-free. Yep. Some people argue that that's why it's not worth it because all you're doing is just decreasing a sensation rather than actually changing something at a molecular level. But I think it's important to note, every, we've shown task-specific flexibility in sport is a big precursor to the prevention of injury. So if you can make sure that you don't have any inhibitions to your mobility, static stretching can be a tool for the, that purpose. Yep. So flexibility is a big one. Um, you can actually enhance performance just by doing stretching on a regular basis. Um, They've basically proven, there was one study, acute bout of stretching does not improve force or jump height, uh, and the results for running speed are contradictory, but regular stretching improves force, jump height, and speed. So if you do it regularly as a part of a larger program, there is proof or some at least evidence towards the fact of enhanced performance amongst all of the other things that you are training regularly. And you can kind of figure out why that might make sense. The puzzle pieces, you might move better. You're, lack, you know, you, you're fixing immobility issues, which can help you train better, which can help you move more efficiently, which is better for force production, for speed, for strength, and all of those things. Yeah. So doing it regularly, certainly going to help you, in, you know, improve your quote-unquote performance. There's uh, evidence that yoga poses, which is a lot of this static stretching, improve cardio and metabolic health. Um, your blood flow decreases during a bout of static stretching and then drastically increases afterwards, which is obviously a positive benefit. We know that uh, for a lot of reasons that the increased blood flow in any area is a good thing um, for restorative purposes, recovery, as well as just performance enhancement and general health purposes. Um, and then I think the unique thing is um, maybe most importantly, I look at it as if we've said injury, I mentioned before, injury prevention, it might not be that if I stretch these muscles today, I won't hurt them. But if over time I include it to some degree, I can help prevent injury. We have seen evidence to that effect. My thing I think that I focus on most with athletes is the second bucket. So there are a lot of physical reasons that static stretching is not a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, in my own mind, in my own practical experience, my personal uh, experience as well as that of my athletes is, it is extremely tied to mental and emotional responses. And I don't just mean like, oh, like it's relaxing to stretch in the sense of like, you don't have to do anything and so you don't, it's easy and why not? 
they've proven that your parasympathetic response, so your nervous system, your autonomic nervous system has a sympathetic and a parasympathetic. You can think of sympathetic nervous system activity as fight or flight. When you're working out, you want fight or flight, right? That's increased adrenaline and um, all of those things that make activity uh, more powerful and, and more uh, or more efficient. The parasympathetic nervous system and that, that, that level of activity is more, instead of fight or flight, it's rest and digest. So it's what basically reduces cortisol levels, stress levels, and makes you feel mentally and physically relaxed. And many of the things that we do from athletics and training jack up that sympathetic, AKA fight or flight, like we wanna get after, right? We're all jacked up, right? We do that all the time. But if you want to recover, so your ability to grow muscle and recover from damage that you do during training can only happen when you are dominated by that parasympathetic nervous system. But you can manipulate it so that that system takes over with static stretching. So they've shown if you static stretch during the stretch, it's more fight or flight, but then immediately after your rest and digest, AKA parasympathetic nervous system response, really climbs to the point that it's higher than it was before you stretched. Mm -hmm. Long story short, at the end of a good session of, of static stretching, your entire literal on a chemical and nervous system level body is more relaxed. And from a level of dealing with kids that have so much on their plate, whether it be class, whether it be social issues, whether it be their actual physical training and their desire to recover from those things, Adding in something that will help you physically recover, make you feel better mentally, and will generally relax and de-stress you seems like a no-brainer. You might as well find a time in your day to do that. Yeah, and I think with that, that's actually a perfect segue into, like you said, find a time to do it. Mm -hmm. Because then the question becomes, well, when do you do it? Because like we know with most things with student athletes and just students in general, Finding time, as you just mentioned, is can be tough to do with kids at this age, and and so we try to insert it into times that we have them. Yes. And you've talked about that in previous podcasts, and we talked about that in general in terms of like when you have your kids, be it during a practice time or during a recovery session or during like a training session, you know you can stick in static stretching to know that they're going to get it done. Because if you say, hey, do it on your own, do it over the weekend, do it at night when you're at your house, it's not a guarantee, so we do some of that in a controlled setting mm -hmm. to make sure that it's actually happening. So then my next question with that being said is like, obviously there's a lot of times outside of the day that we can get into and, and when they could be doing it on their own, but let's just say, for argument's sake, the, the only time you have a guarantee that someone's gonna stretch is when they're with you. Yep. When is that happening? Because then it becomes the beginning of a workout, end of a workout, beginning of a session, end of a session. So how do you break that down in terms of like the static stretching itself? Yep, and um, to answer that question, I think knowing the benefits is good, but knowing the potential, call it maybe considerations, not ne necessarily negatives, is also important so that you can decide when is truly the best time to do it, before a workout, after a workout, instead of a workout, whatever. Uh, because there are considerations when it comes to static stretching. If you are thinking about it in the lens of, I have a time period, I'm working with athletes via athletics or training, and I wanna include it. So you wanna make sure that you, you think about these things. The first and foremost, the, this is the reason that the debate exists, there is a proven correlation between if 
I only static stretch before doing something strength or power related, my performance is decreased. Not that surprising, right? Because it's the flip side of the same coin that we just talked about. What happens when we do a static stretch? What is the result on our nervous system? Yeah, we're going back. Like you're saying, you don't get that fight or flight. We're pulling ourselves away from the environment internally that is most conducive to high energy performance, right? So it's not surprising that if what you're doing is relaxing your nervous system isn't exactly the best thing to do before you go run your your 100 meter sprint for time or lift your heaviest weight um, so you need to consider that now we'll talk about ways um, that that also can be mitigated um, you know considered and included even as a warm-up activity mm -hmm. but you want to know that it you shouldn't just stretch for 10 minutes and then go do a high energy activity if your sole concern is performance um, if it's not your sole concern, then maybe you don't really care at all. Uh, that's just a, a side note. But there is such a thing as overstretching as well. Um, you don't want to necessarily think, well, if static stretching has all these benefits, then I should just do it for hours and hours every day, all day, or 20 minutes before every session. You can overstretch just as much as you can overcondition. You can overlift. Um, if you stretch something beyond its given comfort level, you can strain a muscle just yeah. as easily as you could sprinting. Um, so as in everything you want to, you know, incorporate balance and, and, you know, discretion when you are stretching. Um, but if you know that the benefits and the potential considerations exist, what is the best time if you're, let's say we have an hour with athletes every day, what is the best time to do it if I want to train? Um, is it before exercise? Is it after exercise? Yes. Um, there is no wrong answer there. So if you want to talk about how, why, when to do before exercise, we can do that and then maybe talk about the how, why after exercise as well. Yeah, why don't we start with um, before then, if that makes the most sense, because that is probably the place in which like there is more questions to be had in terms of like how much. Mm -hmm. And I, I know we've talked about that in the warm up podcast and we've talked about it in, uh, in others in terms of like, you know, it, a lot of people will want to have a takeaway from this in terms of like, yep. <laughs> And I know that it's not as, as simple as this, but like if I hit 15 minutes and I go to 16, I've overstretched and I know it's not that simple, but like what's the, the general kind of like timeframes we're thinking about or talking about in terms of that, like if it's before a workout, how much should you be generally thinking about doing? Yeah, a great, great call. So um, you're actually not way off in asking for time domains. Um, it's really gonna be about, you can absolutely make the pre-training, pre-practice, um, element contain your consistent static stretching to see those long-term gains. You just need to think about two, two things to apply it most effectively. The first is um, that, that time domain that you're talking about. And they've basically shown that all of those worries about performance, power, strength reduction or decrease after static stretching only occurs if you hold something for more than 60 seconds at a time. Um, some might even go so far as to say maybe 30 seconds maximum is where you wanna live in terms of your static stretching holds. I think anywhere between 30 seconds and a minute is totally valid. Um, some argue that anything more than 30 seconds doesn't gain you any extra benefit, so just keep it at 30 seconds, so I think that's fair. Um, 
if you're doing stretching before a workout and you're concerned about the performance thereafter, keep any static stretch hold, passive or active, um, to less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing is making sure that your duration isn't super long. If you're doing one, two, three minute holds, then you are going to start actually taking away from your potential performance after. The second is, if it fits within your, call it progression of a warm up appropriately, it actually doesn't even really matter how long you hold it, but we're gonna keep those, those, those rules in place yep. anyway. General recommendations are start with aerobic to just improve, you know, uh, muscle, el- muscle and connective tissue elasticity through, you know, blood flow and body temperature, then static stretch, then do dynamic movement of any kind. Um, if you follow your static stretching with more active warm up, you are taking away all of the potential decreases because you're just turning everything back on. Yep. All the things that we turned off mentally and nervous system wise, we can turn back on while keeping that flexibility increase, AKA the increased range of motion. Cause that will last 15 to 20 minutes after those holds. So if you, Keep your flexibility, but you remove all of the negative potential for a decrease in performance by following up all of your static stretching with sport-specific or weight room-specific movement. So maybe you do your static stretch of a pigeon pose, a calf stretch to improve your, call it maybe your squat mobility. I can get deeper into my squat more easily. Um, so that when I put a heavy weight on there, I'm moving better and I can move more weight. If you do those stretches and then you follow it up with like empty bar complexes, glute activations, core activations, um, and just movement warmups, like am I warming up to my heavy weights? All the considerations that are worry, uh, worries about, you know, reducing your performance are gone. So yeah. as long as you follow the proper progression and you don't just go static stretch, intense movement, you're good to go. So minimal holds times and when i say minimal 60 seconds or less call it 30 seconds is a great sweet spot and keeping it within a proper progression such that it you know you have some light movement some static stretching and then some more dynamic when i say dynamic movement i'm not even talking necessarily dynamic stretches or you know, dynamic warm-up, I mean like really getting into your movements and turning things on and jacking things up a little bit. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Okay. That's a good overview. Um, and I think that makes sense in terms of just like that flow is pretty, again, intuitive to think like if you've turned something off, you want to turn it back on before mm-hmm. you get into it. Um, and those time domains are helpful. So then kind of the, the flip side of the coin is like, let's say you had a great workout, great training session. I think a lot of times people will then say to themselves, I want to incorporate this static stretching at the end almost for recovery yep. um and again i'll let you kind of like navigate that if it's if the main focus is recovery if there's other elements to your point of just kind of like the mental and and check-in aspect as well like i'll let you go from there because i think a lot of times as i mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast this is where i go like mm-hmm. At the end of practice, hey, we got 15, 20 minutes. Let's do some like group stretching yep. um, for recovery. Or, you know, the day after a, a competition, we'll like get in, we'll move, and then we'll do 15, 20 minutes before we all kind of like break off and be done. So I'll let you go into kind of like the post almost yep. um, of all of this type of stuff uh, if that's the, the part that makes the most sense next. Yeah, sure. Um, 
And I, I will preface it by saying that I love the post-workout stretch routine um, from my own personal experience and that of the response of all of my athletes that do it. They love that. Um, and so there's got to be a reason there, right? And we'll talk about what those probably are. Um, but I love the after static stretch, post-workout, call it cool down, um, despite that being kind of a debated concept anyway. Yep. Um, so before I even jump into the, the, the static stretch post-exercise, I'll say that my basic approach is small, minimal, task-specific stretching in a warm-up most days and more longer, um, consistent static stretching of the entire body after a workout every day. So I do both. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to post-exercise stretching, this is where when everybody came out and said, don't stretch to warm up, it's gonna reduce your gains and ruin your performance, everybody's like, do it after. Um, and they're not way off here in the sense that it is a really good tool for after. And then of course, people then came out and said, it's a waste of time after, there's no such thing as a cool down, it's not worth it, et cetera. Um, there are some elements of status stretching as a post-workout routine that, that are worth mentioning. The first is most people do it and say it, and I've even done this, is you know, what do you generally tell athletes is the reason they should stretch after a workout, uh, or maybe the way you sell it to athletes is, if you stretch, you won't be sore. Yeah. So, and also you'll be ready to go for your next training session. Like right. You take care of business on your own and make sure that you're ready to go for the next one. Right. And as, as anybody knows that listened to the Dom's podcast we did the other day, uh, or a couple weeks back, excuse me, um, there's really no concrete evidence that anything we do in any way, shape, or form truly reduces delayed onset muscle soreness because yeah. there's so many factors there and we don't even know how to define the DOM still. Um, that being said, at worst, it doesn't increase soreness and there are lots of places that have shown at least some improvement and mm -hmm. it might even be just the mental placebo effect of if I've stretched, I will then feel less soreness over time after the fact. Um, so while soreness might not necessarily be the direct like, hey, if we stretch, we won't be sore tomorrow, um, there is a pretty large consideration for the actual recovery aspect. Yeah. Um, so they have shown though that while maybe muscle soreness isn't like drastically addressed by the use of post-exercise stretching, it does very much show potential for just basic overall training recovery. Yeah. And the reason is... Well, and I, and I, yeah, I'll let you go your reason too, but I think outside of any reasons, I think the other point that we've gotten at a few times now is like, if that's the only time someone's stretching, the things that you talked yes. about in terms of being able to go into a full range of motion squat or being able to have the flexibility in these different things that are going to prevent you from like putting yourselves in bad positions, like that stuff happening before or after is just worth it in and of itself. And sometimes after is the biggest chunk of time you can carve out for it. So the benefits that we talked about, we've been stretching for however many thousands of years. Yeah. As we get busier and busier, kids get busier and busier. If you can carve out a time and it's after, the benefits right there are, are good enough, at least in my eyes as a coach. Like that's 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 good for me. Yeah. Like, you, you, that's probably a better answer than anything I've given. I'd say um, basically what you summarized is there are really no reasons not to incorporate some element of static stretching on a daily basis with athletes or human beings in general. That's my personal opinion. You could find people that would argue against that. But I'd say that you're 100% correct and that if you say, 
I have my athletes for one hour every day and I want to include it, but I don't want to do it as like, I want to do it at the only time that there's no, I don't have to think about it at all. I just want to, I want to do it. Post-workout is excellent because there is no downside. Yeah. There's none. Um, and there are absolutely, it might not necessarily get you ready for whatever we're talking about in like the most like immediate. And like you talked about like the next day or the, like we're looking for the short term, but Mm -hmm. like the long term, like we talked about, like the, the ability to have like the long-term effects of stretching, chronic stretching or however you want to use it is like going to weigh itself. Yeah. If if that gets you doing it every day, it's a phenomenal time to do so. That being said, I do think it's worth mentioning that there are some real reasons to incorporate post-exercise stretching. Um, and it really does actually have an influencing effect on your recovery at a physical level. Um, the fir- and we've kind of talked about it already, but the first is um, that increase in blood flow at the end of a workout with low intensity exercise has been proven to help spur the recovery from your training prior. Even hopping on a bike at conversational level, uh, conversational pace where you're just moving, it has a very similar effect. Yeah. Um, but stretching, obviously, two birds, one stone, as we talked about with the whole you know chronic use of stretching. Sure. So the you know increased blood flow, um, as well as um, your parasympathetic response. So we said, if you are in that fight or flight, it is very useful to bring things back down to that kind of neural level of relaxed reset perspective. Not only is it a really good way for an athlete to leave the gym feeling cool, calm and collected and maybe more ready for the rest of his or her day and then your following training session. But if you are, you know, kind of setting them into that parasympathetic, you know, dominant um, setting, then they're actually going to be able to recover in the literal sense from their training better than if they were left in that fight or flight. Um, you, You can actually improve like hypertrophy um, your, your anabolic, um, state, your ability to like basically see gains is improved when you're in parasympathetic versus, um, sympathetic. So you're actually going to be catabolic in that fight or flight where you're breaking things down versus building things up. Yeah. So you're basically saying, okay, Hey, our crazy activities done for the day. We're going to set you back on the path to literal physical chemical recovery by bringing you all the way down and relaxing you mentally, physically, and chemically and nervous system wise um, during the static stretch so that the rest of your day, your night is spent recovering rather than being physically and mentally stressed. Gotcha. Perfect. Um, and, and that's a good kind of, I think, place to consider just any place of stretching. And I don't think we have to really get into like all the other places an individual could be doing it. As we said, like if we have the control and the time, it's worth incorporating it in some capacity. If mm-hmm. you don't, there's ways that we can talk about it as you just did in terms of like, here are the benefits, here's the education, all that other stuff. So with that being said, like, um, as we kind of gear towards tying up loose ends or anything else like that, is there anything that we missed or considerations that I think, you know, you found in your research or just in your like practical application, working with your students, your athletes that you think are, is kind of important to kind of close with or, or, or start to wrap up with? Yeah, I think two questions that we had just from the team here um, were, one, um, that 
whole concept of like, is there such thing as too much stretching? The one thing that I did want to mention is um, stretching is by no means, um, you know, something that everybody has to do as a major um, piece of their training. It's more about is everybody mobile? And some people are hyper mobile. So there's literally like hyper flexibility or hyper mobility. Um, there are people that are just so flexible that they're actually benefited better by strengthening and tightening those muscles through strength training rather than most people that are like the athletes that we talk about are generally a bit tight and overdeveloped yep. and not flexible enough. But the other side does exist. So you have to make sure that you kind of navigate both and it's all very much individualized. Sure. So any blanket statement of, hey, everybody should stretch for an hour a day might not necessarily be the best thing for everybody. It's more, do you get the end result for everybody and you tweak things slightly per person? Mm -hmm. um, and then you asked me um, about that whole, uh, you had, oh, a, yeah. you, you had a, you had a, and, and so I'd never heard this, so please ask all away. Right, and, all right, I'll go ahead. I looked it up. Cause I had, I've had kids on my team that I coached say it to me. I remember being like in like the local YMCA type gym and hearing people say it. Like it's always been like, clicked around I was actually surprised you hadn't heard it was if I stretch am I going to like essentially stretch out my muscle gain like by stretching too much like my like hypertrophy of muscles will decrease or my muscle mass will decrease because I'm now like by like the physical definition stretching my muscles yeah which I'm surprised you had never heard. That well, one was so a the way you phrase it there, I, I, I think I understand it a little bit better in terms of where I might have heard it elsewise is I think a lot of people attribute um, flexible people being kind of like long and billowy yeah. and um no you're not actually making your muscles longer versus smaller and tighter so like stretching doesn't turn a bodybuilder into a thin long individual and there is zero proof that doing any static stretching has a negative effect on hypertrophy aka muscle growth mm -hmm. in fact the actual only proof they do have is that it induces hypertrophy. You cannot strength train at all and gain muscle mass by just static stretching. Yeah. It's not a lot, but you can do it. Yeah. And then more importantly for those people that are interested in becoming better athletes, so like I want to get bigger and I also want to work on my flexibility, doing static stretching, especially post-exercise, has been proven to be a potential inducer of additional hypertrophy. So you're actually helping it to grow. Um, so there's no negative effect, certainly. So, so for all my guys this. looking for gains, they can all take a you, Your biceps aren't going to get smaller <laughs> by stretch. And, and look, I get it. There's a lot of those kind of like old wives tales out there. Um, I'm surprised I'd never heard that one specifically. But no, I think it's mostly because, you know, people generally either were Yoga, I only practice like stretching and you know, Pilates type exercise or I lift weights. Yeah. And it was like you either are mobile and flexible or you're big and strong. The ideal is both. Right? We want both. We want to be bigger, better performing versions of ourselves. Um, or I should say better performing versions of ourselves, which you can can include some muscle growth and some increase in mobility and flexibility and strength and everything else. Um, and no, doing one doesn't negatively affect the other. Mm -hmm. um, you want to do it all, uh, all the time. Gotcha. Excellent. Uh, good, good snag on both of those. I forgot we had those. And um, I think that's about it. That this was obviously uh, a little bit 
more of a, a conversation than some of these other ones that we've had where we want to make sure we touch on each and every single part. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, just kind of like final considerations of like, you know, if you take anything from this conversation in terms of static stretching, be it a coach, a teacher, or even like a student, you know, this is what you should take from it. Yeah, I think there are reasons for everybody to try static stretching. And I think a lot of people will find that if they incorporate it on a somewhat consistent basis, whether it's it, you know, literally in conjunction with their training or not, mm-hmm. will find that they actually like to do it. And it's hard to stick with though. So your whole point of like making it part of your routine is the, the biggest consideration. Nothing done once is gonna do anything. Anything that you do consistently will prove whether or not it's worth it for you. So um, finding ways to inject it into your daily routine is worth it. I struggle with this at times. I should do it more frequently than I do. Um, And if you're a coach or a teacher, you know, finding a way to make it a part of your larger program, not a focal point, not, not a focal point, just a part of it on a consistent basis is worth it. You wanna only do dynamic movement during warmups, totally fine. You want to do it as a cool down, totally fine. You want to do both, totally cool. You want to only include it as a part of a warm up that you also do the dynamic stuff, totally fine too. You want to do it every other day by itself, also fine. Yeah. Um, there are reasons to do it. There are considerations for performance when doing it, um, as long as you know all of the factors and then allow yourself and your athletes to try things. Trial and error is the best. Yeah, and I think method. I think a, a great place to stop too is is what you just mentioned is like everybody could probably in, in today's day and age afford to do a little bit of it or more of it or find some time to do it. And it's funny because you know one silver lining of all of this stuff that's been going on right now with everyone at time. home is there's a little bit of extra time. And I've had a I've had a good laugh or two um, of teachers and coaches following along with the remote fitness program where there's mobility sessions being like I held this for two minutes, three minutes, like mm-hmm. like. And adults even are sitting there saying to themselves, like, I should have been doing this more all along. And, like, holy smokes. So, yeah, I think to your point, especially uh, right now in the current climate of everything that's going on, um, what you're referencing is our longer kind of, like, 20-minute, you're not working out, it's just a mobility session. Those would be a really, really good addition to your daily maybe nighttime or morning routine Mm -hmm. simply for the fact that if it is in any way, shape, or form able to de-stress you in a time that we have no control over the levels of our stress really because of outside factors, you might even realize that you're stressed. I realize it every day. I feel it physically every day um, with everything going on. At worst, it's gonna bring you back to kind of a a neutral. Um, And I think that's something worth doing that even if you don't consider it part of your workout, if you just add that to your day, Five minutes, ten minutes, the full twenty minutes is a is a good thing to try, and you might find that it is the key to staying a little bit more sane. Yeah, and I I, I like the idea too of like trial and error, like find what works for you. There's going to be certain poses that you're going to hit and be like, eh, because maybe you have certain places that are more mobile than others. Like there's certain things I sit there and I'm like, yeah, this isn't doing much for me, and then I go into like one other, and I'm like, holy smokes, here we go. So it's all about that kind of like finding where maybe some weaknesses are or places you can improve and a great point just about where we're at right now. So with that, we're going to wrap up. Coach Brez, thank you as always. My pleasure. Um, For everybody listening, checking these out, uh, please feel free to do some catch up as well. We 
find ourselves often citing and referencing previous podcasts. You can get all of those um, however you listen to your podcast or on platforms, website, underneath the blog, there is a little place where you can click on podcasts and you can get them all. So, um, you know, just in about every episode, there's a lot of overlap and there's certainly some places you can go back and grab past episodes like warm up, like injury prevention, like um, all of those different ones that we've talked about in the past that connect to this more kind of specific topic of static stretching. So with that, we'll wrap up. Thanks again for everyone who's been checking these out, listening, following along. And remember at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.